0: Hello and welcome to the Passion On Purpose Leaders on Center Stage Podcast. I'm Steph and I'm the owner and creative director of VIM. VIM's mission is to showcase the enthusiasm and passion of business leaders nationwide. I cannot wait to have you listen to the show and stick around. At the end, we talk a little bit about how you can be my next guest. All right, we are back with another episode of the Passion on Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. And today, not only do I have a leader, uh, I keep using the word decorated. Like Carrie is incredibly decorated with all of these incredible accolades and titles. She is a celebrity coach, an author, an event host. Um, She was recently recognized as one of the top 100 global visionary, excuse me, what a title is that? Um, Incredibly powerful woman and someone that I just personally have loved having in my sphere, on my feed. I truly mean it when I say that having amazing people like Carrie popping up in your daily exposure to everything that we're exposed to, your feed, whatever it is you consume, does change the way that you approach the day. So I'm I'm really thrilled to have her on the show today. I know we're going to dive in as always, right off the bat, super deep. So um we'll go ahead and just do that. Thank you, Carrie, for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Steph. So honored and grateful to be here. Yes.
0: So I want to ask you this question. It's the same question. We always start the show off, but I want to challenge you to strip away the Elevate with Carrie, strip away Unmade, which we'll talk about in a little bit, strip away sanctu- the um, Sanctuary, excuse me. What is the name of the? Sanctuary? Yeah, Ship Sanctuary. sanctuary. That's the key, word. <laughs> sanctuary. Strip away all of that. And what is Carrie Ford's why? Yeah, my why? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm here to help women overcome anxiety so they can live their best life.
0: And where does that get fueled from? And I'm diving deep. Like, when is your youngest Carrie self feeling like this might be something for me, whether you recognized it then or not?
1: I think the first conscious moment I knew that anxiety had been had taken over my life was likely when I had my eating disorder in college. In college. I, I felt extremely separate from myself. I felt very fissured and split and it drove a lot of behaviors that at the time I was trying to unlearn and undo certain things and reclaim myself. I just didn't know how to do that Um, and I'm so grateful for that experience because looking back I realized it was really a cry out for help and love for myself. I just didn't – I did not know how to access that. And I'm so grateful for the tools I have now to know how to actually do that. So, I mean, that's like the first conscious choice Mm -hmm. I know that I had, like memory. um, I mean, and I think there's probably even stuff that goes further back to being a child and constantly being in the spotlight and and finding my way there and also feeling wrong for taking
0: up space. Okay. So you were – so younger, younger than college years, you were in the spotlight in what way? Ballet, gymnastics,
1: singing,
0: all of the ways I could find the light. And was that something that you pushed yourself or was it, it suddenly was. like your mom loved ballet and thought to encourage you or you just were driven? No, out?
1: that was, I mean, that felt completely intrinsic. Yeah. I really felt m- home there. But where I started to feel wrong for taking up space and light was when jealousy with other Mm -hmm. women would occur in high school. Uh And suddenly my light felt too bright. I felt like too much and it triggered other people. So now
0: now I find that interesting Mm -hmm. because in, in organized, like, and, and I'm not saying this is in every situation, but in gymnastics, ballet, dance, anything where it's group environment, um, typically i feel like there's such an empowering culture with that Mm. um maybe even in competitive it gets a little bit less but then i think what i what you triggered was you said when you then entered high school where you almost maybe leave something that felt safe and empowering and you could be that light and you could shine bright but now there's others who are coming into play that maybe don't experience that same Mm -hmm. Does that resonate with your experience at all, or was it even hard in that group too? Ballet
1: and gymnastics for me, I it did feel very empowering. It didn't feel, it didn't feel like I had a target on my back in the way that it shifted in high school, where suddenly my light became something to be targeted. Mm-hmm. That was my experience, or the story I made up about it, at least. Right, uh, mm-hmm. it felt like. Whoa! What did I do here to deserve that response? Often, yeah. um, you know, feeling just confused and sort of naive and innocent in the reactions and responses to other people, because they're—I was just being myself, right? And and if you feel like you're wrong on some level for being yourself, you slowly start to give pieces of you away so that you can be who they need you to be so they can feel better. And I didn't have words for that at the time,
0: yeah. but that's
1: exactly where I started to give pieces of myself away.
0: Yeah. You identified as a young child as a dancer, uh, you know, like that was your yeah. identity. Yeah. And that, that's exactly like a conversation you speak about a lot is our identity and how we identify ourselves. And this, what you just shared was, I did identify with myself at this stage, but then I actually had to kind of undo that and unmake myself to fit into this high school expectation to feel comfortable and safe again. Mm. How much of that, whether you thought of this in the past or not, created kind of some of the work you do now? I mean, it's so intrinsically tied Mm -hmm. with, with what I know of Unmade, which we'll talk about. But have you ever considered that kind of shift from I was identified and I had to strip that to fit in?
1: Yeah. And so the the difference here and what I've learned is that your identity is not what you do. It can simply be an expression of who you be, right? So there's a difference between I am an artist and I am creative, Mm-hmm. artist is the label to the creativity, but creativity is the expression of the es- essence of it. Yes, They're very different. So if you told me, you know, if someone asked me around ballet and gymnastics, did that feel like I was performing? No, because in my mind, even though there was an audience, it wasn't for them. It was an expression of me, mm-hmm. whether there was an audience there or not.
0: I, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And is that what you work with women on is to help identify the difference between the label and the essence?
1: Oh, absolutely, because the women I work with, motivation is not a question. They are just as decorated, if not more than I. And they are constantly future-driven, they're goal-oriented, they're highly motivated, they're extremely intelligent, they're very influential, they're super impactful they've got visions, they're dream makers, they are willing to walk into the fire because they know there's a better way and they're okay with leading that. However, where I work with women is in how can we do that without giving pieces of yourself away and going back and reclaiming all of you back into wholeness while also walking into the fire and into your next evolution. And that's almost like Jake and I were having a conversation around the, you know, a transition type energy the other day, it's most like driving stick where Mm -hmm. you are, you know, the moment you take your foot off the clutch and you can accelerate just into the gas, but it's a slow titration. It's an evolution and it's not really a a flip switch. And so that needs to carefully be held because I want to know, even if your goals don't change from what place are they being driven? Let's get really clear on that. Right. And that's, that's really important for how we navigate moving forward.
0: And so some, I, there's so many I words popping up for me with you identify Mm -hmm. uh, innovative or not innovative, innate uh, introspective, how it's becoming, when I talk with guests about passion and their purpose through the work that they do, it always stems from this, so far is always stemmed from this really introspective place. Mm -hmm. How listener, how can listeners tap into that introspection and and start to make it powerful? Mm -hmm.
1: It's the thing that whispers and nudges that won't go away. Mm -hmm. And if you were to really be still with yourself, you might be scared out of your mind for what it's revealing to you. And that's how you know you're on the right track. fear. A little bit because you actually want it. You mm-hmm. actually give a shit about it. You actually, it's actually of you. And that's where most people are so scared. They kind of run away from that growth edge or what it could reveal about them, right? Because there's there's an exposure and a vulnerability that comes with that. A requirement mm-hmm. to let go of all the things that they are not.
0: Or what if they don't recognize that they are because they're they identify with something different?
1: Because like you
0: said, our label is X, Y, and Z, but our essence is deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And so I think there could be this fear of, well, I want to be X, Y, and Z. I want to be a million dollar entrepreneur, or I want to be fit, or I want to be, you know, rich even. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they identify as something completely different.
1: It's because they are aware of the audience. How does it look? They're asking instead of the question, how does it feel?
0: Oh, that's super powerful. Mm-hmm. How does it look to others? They're, mm-hmm. putting, they're putting themselves instead of their own view of themselves. It's more important about the outside view looking at.
1: Mm-hmm. That's where we posture, we perform. Right. And and that's where we put people on pedestals. We're all just humans. That's what I found at the end of the day, whether I'm working with a celebrity or someone who is, you know, in the public eye that we all have the same fears. Yeah. No one
0: I, really has it figured out. <laughs> it's so true. And, and to be incredibly honest, I, right before I, I have loved following you and I shared that in the beginning and so much so that right before we came on together, I said, I shook it out. And I said, she's just a human. She's just a human. <laughs> and and to be, and I, I mean that, I, that, you know, sometimes we have to remember, we're all going through these journeys, and we all have fears and identities that we associate with others and ourselves. But that we do, we needed to just strip away all of the titles, strip away gender, strip away belief, and just break us down to the most common denominator, which is human.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's a super vulnerable share. But I think a lot of people can relate to someone that they might have put on a pedestal, or or have a perception of somebody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We do. We. It's so it, it. You know. Like I said, I literally had to shake that energy out because it. It does. It puts you in that that energy of la- almost. It's kind of strange. It puts me in this little less confident energy. Mm. where do you think that comes from
1: the comparison Mm.
0: yeah
1: yeah like I am not that Mm -hmm. or whatever the that is uh, right and this goes back to I think where my innocent light triggered people in high school let's just use that as an example and I'm not saying that's what's happening here but that my light turned on reminded them of where theirs was not Mm. and so when people think that's not possible for them it triggers them. But when if they knew that they could have that too, because it exists within them, then there would be no trigger. There would be no comparison because no one does anyone any favors when they don't have their light on. And it doesn't require me to turn mine off. Right. Everyone can have their own light. And in fact, I said this to my friend and business partner, Lauren, um, when we first had our, we had our first retreat on the private Island in BVI. Um, And, you know, we sat and we were in real time processing and I was fully, I felt fully in my power. And there was a moment where she felt triggered and I, I, I sat with myself and I checked in and I thought, okay, am I performing, taking up too much space? And I thought, no, I'm just owning my light and, and that's okay that it was triggering her in that moment. So we had a conversation and I said, you not being in your light does me no favors And that permission slip suddenly allowed her to turn her light on where she learned it was wrong too. And then we were able to equally own our own light next to each other. No one had to give up their light. No one had to dim themselves. So it was a really beautiful dance.
0: And I know that that was just last year. I just know that from following you. So it's fascinating and vulnerable and powerful that you share that even the two of you leading this this mm-hmm. retreat with twenty plus powerful women having to have this interaction, this conversation of, you know, what you've worked all your, you know, since high school and on to tap into and con- I don't know if control is the right word, but you know, allow, yeah, allow it, mm-hmm. yeah. One of my previous guests shared, uh, and I, it's a great quote that a candle loses nothing from lighting another candle. Right, that same principle that of what you're sharing really ties beautifully here. Mm-hmm. i love I love that that we just had that that exchange. um so I want to talk about we've talked a lot about tapping in introspectively, recognizing some of your innate essences um, mm-hmm. and identifying with them. I want to talk about the power of what. You do, good majority of the listeners are entrepreneurs, um, right. oftentimes personal brands, so individual solopreneurs. I want to talk about the power of recognizing and honing in and identifying what you identify with or, or who you are in that twofold layer of the title versus your essence and how you do that with Unmade or the other programs that you work with people with.
1: Yeah, so I use somatic therapy and modality to work with women. And so what that means for anyone that's new to what somatics is, um, maybe they've seen it, it's nervous system regulation. But really, it is remembering that the mind and body have never, ever been separate. Western culture thinks they're separate. um, But in fact, they are. They are together. They are one, right? The body follows what the mind says. And so we listen to what the body says through sensations and connecting. And what this allows us to do is the component I talked about earlier, which is the how, right? Many people are aware of things they're doing that are either in or out of alignment with where they would like to go or who they're being. Um, and they they know what they want to change, but the part that's missing for them is how do I make a new choice then? How do I get off the crazy train and get, get off the ride that has me continue to play out these subconscious behaviors or maybe even conscious loops, things that are on repeat? Like this is not what, I, let's just use the gym as an example, right? I know I would like to be my fittest self, but yet here I am continually self-sabotaging. How? Do I change that? Okay, well, that, that's, that's where I come in and guide through trauma, um, we will practice emotional intelligence, we'll connect to the body and its wisdom that it shares. Um, and this has been the thing that has absolutely changed my life and I deeply believe everyone needs access to this because who you're being shows up in your personal brand and whether or not you attract clients and how you attract people and what's reflected in your clients. Everything from sales to relationships, it all shows up everywhere.
0: Yeah, I I often refer, and I heard it somewhere, um, that your personal brand is really your digital reputation. I say digital, it's really your reputation, but right now with social media and the way we consume brands, it is very digital. Um, And so in order to put out your own digital reputation, your personal brand, there is a lot of Self identifying work that you need to do before you can. I mean, you know, with work we do, oftentimes people assume it's really just about a logo, right? This visual entity, um, versus everything that makes up truly the power that you identify your essence, right? Your brand truth, yes, your brand truth. I love that label. Um, so women. Who consume women and men who consume anything from you? I know that we see a lot in the physical realm, right? Our 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 um our maybe weight or um eating habits, things like that. But there's so much more depth. I know you and I personally. I've had a I've had a conversation with you, and I said, you know, I really want to work with you, but I, sure, I could lose some pounds, but that's not my driving force, you know. And and that in that moment, you shared the depth that you really go. But I want you to talk to the listeners, mostly entrepreneurs. How do those two things relate and why? I know your background really gives so much why that you lead with that physical part, but explain somatic in the power of the two connecting and why, why you lead with the physical so much.
1: Um, well, I mean, a lot of people lead with what their eyes see, right? Mm-hmm. Proof it's been done before, guarantee of success, certainty that it's going to work out, but if you desire to live an unrealistic life, which I know most entrepreneurs, leaders, waymakers really feel drawn to like, I know that I have a better way. I have a bigger solution. I know I'm meant to be serving a lot of people, live a big, ridiculous, unrealistic life. Good. But it also requires you to be unrealistic in the way you make decisions Right, Making decisions, for example, in the space of what is yet to be possible versus what your eyes are telling you your current circumstances are. So physically, someone might say, well, my bank account, this looks irresponsible for me to invest in coaching. Mm. But if I were to ask someone to make the decision based on what's possible in the woman they're becoming, how would that decision change? And almost always the answer is, well, I probably would make the investment because I believe in myself and I already would be successful because that's inevitable. Then the money comes as a result of who I'm being. Okay, great. Wow. So we work with both what we see and what feels impossible, but that's what faith requires. And that's why who we're being when we make decisions matters so much. Um, so it's a, it's really a dance of holding the dual awareness of like our current circumstances, but also beyond that, what's actually possible. And the answer is really anything.
0: Yeah. And I know that the visual, so visual for, for me and what I do with my team and for the brands we work with, you know, visual is the first component, because like you said, we make so much judgment based on what we see. I mean, we eat with our eyes. We're told not to judge a book with, by the cover, but we do anyway. Um, and so I that was a very powerful moment just a second ago when you said, if you look at your bank account, this is a very fi- visual moment. You look at your bank account, there is a tie to who I am and associated with what I see and what I deserve to invest in. Correct. And that break is where you can, I become a new identity identify with something bigger than what you're seeing
1: it's possible to shift your baseline and the way to do it faster is to make unrealistic decisions because the fear doesn't go away you just learn to trust yourself more wow
0: i got goosebumps (laughs) (laughs) you're like steph i know if you would talk to me i would tell you more of this um oh i love that i love that that there's so much importance in the visual space with what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, we started talking about, you know, we've used the gym as an example. I know you, in your past, you know, you've done very physical associated things, bodybuilding, you've worked as a celebrity trainer. And so there's so much tied to that. At what stage in your career did you recognize the the next the next phase dare i call it the intentional phase that mm. deeper peace
1: yeah because that was only one part of the puzzle and yeah. at the time it was all i knew so it felt like well i have all the pieces i'm supposed to have and yet i'm really curious as to why clients after 12 weeks were band back to who they were being before they hired me you know mm-hmm. at the time when i was doing personal training we'd see results we'd see weight loss. They would have all the motivation in the world to do the 90 day thing, the whatever. And then they'd go right back to where they were before. And I'm like, this is curious, right? Myself included. And so this was not, the path found me four years ago. And the path was the way it revealed itself was through my divorce because I was suddenly forced to confront who I thought I was, but how I arrived there and I co-created a life around me that i did not recognize and i wondered why how mm-hmm. did i how did i participate actively in building a life that i didn't recognize or even really want not that i didn't want kids or all of the things that i experienced i do not regret it my ex-husband is an amazing man he's an amazing dad we live 2 miles from each other he's coming over for thanksgiving we have a great relationship but who i was asking him to be at that point in our relationship we had never been there before in his defense and so i'm asking him to be Uh, more connected in a place that he's never been within himself, and then to meet me there. So we just had to part ways because I knew I was being called to something else, but I didn't know what. So that path revealed itself to me in the breakdown of literally everything I knew ever. But what I came to question were a couple things, and those things were, whose boxes am I checking off anyway? Because I've done everything right. I did it in the right order, I did what my parents told me to do. I got the job. I did the steady thing. I followed this. I listened to that rule. I listened to this rule. But all it really proved that I was really fucking good at following other people's rules and not really questioning who I am Mm -hmm. inside of them. Yeah. And so then I started to get really curious. I got into inner child work. I got into meditation. Then I found my way into somatic work and I thought, ooh, the peace I am feeling and the love that I feel is so overwhelmingly beautiful and expansive. Everyone needs this. I've never experienced this in my life. To feel home in yourself and know that you could be rooted in who you are despite what you're seeing with your eyes. And I liken it to a tree anchored and rooted in a tornado tree Mm. doesn't leave the ground to join the tornado it stays planted where it is because it knows it's a tree Mm. and that was the feeling that I found when I access peace and home within myself and the body was the absolute conduit and the compass always within and then out into the projection not the other way around which is how we've always been taught and I lived my life out here for so long let me do this checkbox let me follow this list let me do you, am i are you happy with me yet do i have your approval am i who you need me to be for you and it only left me empty mm-hmm. and
0: confused and kind of lost it's amazing that you have you have innately the introspection because imagine the number of women who wouldn't find that peace if you hadn't
1: yeah there there's a lot of fear there for people It's, I'll, I'll, those of you that have been in relationships where suddenly a a guy is interested in you or a woman is interested in you and you're not used to the other person being interested because you've previously chased unavailable people feels weird. Mm. Suddenly you might not be interested in someone who's interested in you. You question what's wrong with them. Why do they like me? Like I'm bored this because it feels safe and safety does not feel familiar. And so that's the part that we work on with the somatics as well, because otherwise we always put, we won't even recognize opportunity when it arrives. It's where, when we're at our next growth edge and we experience a windfall of abundance or claiming our good in the world, we end up sabotaging it. Because mm-hmm. on some level, we don't think we're worthy of it, we don't think we deserve it, but also on, on a really nervous system basis, we don't feel safe having it. Because we're used to being in chaos confusion, lostness. So when we get really still, and I ask them what they want, they might be really scared to hear the answer. Yeah. So yes, and peace also can feel wildly unsafe when people have learned that being anywhere but in their body is the best thing to be, <laughs> you know, like their there's yeah. the body feels like the, the most unsafe place to be for some people.
0: Yeah, oh absolutely. Especially when we and I and I want to respect our time but especially when you start going down the rabbit hole of of trauma and once again going back to the visual associated with our bodies um mm. and societal pressure around I mean so many things we've talked about organized sports, high school, college, being an entrepreneur, there's so many expectations both visually and you know, being wise that it's, it's a lot of pressure. And I feel called to share just
1: on the, the note of, of trauma that someone might be listening and be like, well, I don't really have trauma. I had a great childhood. I had a great upbringing. I'm in a healthy relationship. I'm happy. Trauma is not what happened to you. It's what you made it mean. It's the interpretation of the experience. So maybe it wasn't something traumatic that happened, but it's the it's the internalization of that actual event. It could yeah. be something as being let left out of a conversation with a group of people, and suddenly the body internalizes that experience and leaves a trauma imprint of oh I don't belong. Mm. That's not really a someone might not look at that and say oh, that was a traumatic event being cut out right. of a conversation, but how we interpreted it could be. So I just wanted to, you know, differentiate that for anyone listening.
0: I'm glad you did because with all respect, the word trauma has become very trendy and and I don't mm-hmm. mean that in a disrespectful way, it is just being thrown around, misinterpreted, mislabeled. And so I'm really glad that you felt p- called to that because um with the social media, the TikTok, edu- the TikTok university um, I think it's a beautiful, and I've said this on other shows, but I think it's beautiful that we're getting it out into more listeners' ears. Uh, and you know, younger kids are starting to deal with these things and think about them. But I think it's a slippery slope around what does it really mean?
1: Yeah, Trauma response is definitely thrown around as well. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, trauma response is when the current reaction doesn't match the present reality. So then it's historical, meaning an overreaction. And that means someone is outside what we call the window of tolerance. So you're like, where did that come from? That is generally an indication. It's a trauma response because it's historical from the imprint left in the body because it seemingly is like, whoa, that does not match what currently just happened.
0: I think in a good, like kind t- of t- t- tangible example of that, it would be like, I got my task list in front of me and I didn't get them all done. And I'm beating myself up and that I am a horrible entrepreneur and I shouldn't be doing this, which is an absolute overreaction response to maybe a past event of where I didn't complete something. And there was a bigger response to that. There was a bigger. Uh, What's the word I want? A thing that happened. There was a result that was more important, Mm -hmm. or not more important, but that felt bigger, right? Yeah. And then we just associate that moment of failure or didn't complete and how traumatic that was to every other moment when we feel like we didn't complete it.
1: Yeah. So that I might ask someone when is the first time you felt like you weren't enough?
0: Yeah. And that is, I love the work you do with people because it gets to that deeper rooted, what I like to call with the work we do, foundation. Before we start to get to the visuals of what we, what we who we are, you know, the the weight we want to lose or the title we want to hold, we have to go back down to this literally my body goes back into ourselves, right? Into our foundation, Mm -hmm. into our essence before we can really bring about these visuals or identities that we want others to define us by or we want to define ourselves as. Absolutely. So we've unpacked so much and I know I could talk to you forever. Um, I want listeners who are picking up what we're laying down, what, what it is that you do to have a clear idea of, what it is exactly that you do, um, with, with individuals and what is the best way to kind of start to work with you?
1: Yeah. So I help women overcome anxiety and achieve what I call somatic success, which is an embodiment of feeling successful because then all the other stuff gets to come as the fun fun byproduct. Um, And if you wanna start out on this journey with me, I'd love to have you guys inside what I call the Millionaire Mindset Program. Um, And it teaches you how to get present with me and all of the meditations are recorded by me. There's new meditations every single week, but when you join, you get access to my whole library of all the meditations I've ever recorded and it's continuing to grow. Um, And it's only $222, so it's a great entry point. To start a relationship with me, get to know me in there, and and allow me to serve you and bring you back home into your body.
0: I, I have to also because I know it's coming. I know there's a retreat level of working with you, and mm-hmm. I know that that's coming up, and I've alluded to it several times. It's unmade. I want you to share with listeners so that they can potentially dive into that.
1: Yeah, unmade is the rest in success retreat. It's for women that, you know, just like you, Steph, just like some of the women I've talked about that are the the overachievers and the the perfectionists and the beautiful, influential women of, of leadership get to be no one. They get to walk in a room and not lead with what they do, but instead get to explore who they be. And so the experience is meant to be rejuvenating, restful, healing, and deeply connected with the other women in the community
0: that everything that you just said felt like peace to me. (laughs) Lots of that. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you again for coming on. I will make sure that in the show notes, we have all of the links to connect with you on the millionaire mindset on unmade, all of the beautiful things you have. Um, I, I really appreciate your time today and all the wisdom you shared.
1: Thank you, Steph.
0: All right, guys, until next time. Steph here, thank you so much for listening to the Passion On Purpose Leaders on Center Stage podcast. If you are a successful business owner and you lead your business with passion, we'd love to feature you on our show. We'd love to share with the world what makes your business great and how you have intentionally led passion throughout your business. Also, if you got any value or little tidbits from this episode, please take a minute to screenshot the episode and share it on your favorite social media platform. Be sure to tag us so we can properly thank you. And we love deepening our connection with our listeners. We are regularly putting out new episodes to feature leaders such as yourself who lead with passion on purpose. So be sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss any future episodes. For more episodes, guest information or details on the show, please visit getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. That's getvim.com forward slash passion on purpose. Once again, I'm Steph. I am the owner and creative director at Vim. And thank you for listening to the show.